0: Hey, Nicole. Hey Janine. How's your week been? Uh, it's been. I've
1: gone to the AMA conference all week. So from last Saturday to this Saturday, I've been doing stuff for the American Medical Association um, and the Women Physicians section of that organization. So I've been on a lot of virtual meetings, virtual call, and um, providing testimony about policies that affect us all. So that has been the majority of my week. That and trying to run around with Harrison. And like, I don't think people understand how hard it is to do a whole conference for almost a week virtually, right? Like your kids running around, my mom is like trying to get me to do stuff. And I'm like, just imagine that I would ordinarily not be here this week. So don't ask me to do anything because usually I'm not here. But it's hard because I'm here.
0: Right. Ugh. Are you all like virtual conferenced out yet or are you still like I'm over it? <laughs> I mean, a week seems like such a long time to be sitting in front of a screen, like chatting with people.
1: Oh, my God. We uh, meet these conferences meet from like. 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's ridiculous. And there's like no bathroom breaks in there. Like you just uh. have to sort of mute yourself, turn your camera off, get up, go to the bathroom and then come back on and finish whatever you were looking at and try to figure out where they are on the schedule. So there's only one planned break in these sessions around three hours in. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, that sounds I'm sure there are like labor laws against that. Like, I think that people forget that because we're at home, they take advantage of the fact that they have access to you. But it's like, really, I still need some breaks so that I can still maintain my sanity.
1: Well, in their defense, this is what we did uh, at conferences even before it was virtual.
0: That sounds awful. Were they enjoyable before? Like, was it at least a little bit better because you got to see people?
1: Yeah, it was better because you can go and get Starbucks and come back um and you had other people that were going to be present now that everybody's doing stuff virtually some of us are working and some of us aren't i've taken the whole week off just to do this so i don't go back to work until wednesday but some people have not done that if they're not the people that are chosen to speak for their session so you don't have as many people that can cover for you
0: that just sounds so taxing to me okay so i'm i'd like to start on a positive note so This week, some of my favorite shows came back onto the television and I haven't. It's crazy because while you would think that I watched a lot of TV since I'm home most of the day, I actually haven't. I've done some binge watching of like old shows, but I haven't really gotten hooked to anything new. This past week, um, both Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 came back on and Chicago Fire and Chicago PD and Chicago Med, like all of my. Staple shows in my life came back this week. And tonight, actually, the Crown season four, I believe, comes back. So I'm super excited about that.
1: The TV shows that you named, I don't watch them. I don't watch any of them. Um <laughs> you don't I even to- watch Grey's Anatomy? I used to. I can't even believe it's still on. I started watching Grey's Anatomy when I was in medical school, and that's when Burke. You know, the hot black guy that ended up getting the hand injury and was supposed to marry Christina Yang, but she, that tramp ran out on him. Yeah, that (laughs) was when I watched Grey's Anatomy and he represented Tulane. So, you know, all of us were watching it at that time. And I only had four little Black people in my class, so you know we were extra excited <laughs> that Berk was representing Tulane, okay? So, yeah, I watched it. I watched it all through med school. I watched it all through residency. And then I watched a little bit here and there uh, in fellowship, but then whenever, you know, the McDreamies and McSteemies start to drop off the cast because they started dying, after that plane crash, I just couldn't get with it. I was like, it's just not Got realistic. It. I feel like I would get back into it though if I started watching it again because I really like Bailey. But um, yeah, like after that first cast, like when George died, I was just like, okay, this is too much. I can't watch anymore.
0: It's funny that you say that you like Bailey because when I was watching it yesterday, I because Ken has never actually really met you in real life, I was explaining to him, I was like, this is Nicole. This one right here, Bailey, that is this. I <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wish I could she's be little. I, I, I was I like, she's little like this. She runs everything. I was like, this. If if you had to see a personality like someone that you could compare to, this would be. This is her. This. And he was like, Oh yeah. I mean, but but Bailey is actually a couple inches taller than you, though, Nicole.
1: Oh, you got jokes. You. <laughs> anyway, you have jokes. But the show that I'm uber excited about coming out. Well, first of all, people that know me, some people that don't know me have said, oh, Nicole, acts like Bailey. You could be Bailey. People said that in med school, but I think it's because I was black and I was a woman and I was short. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you obviously don't know me. But people that know me, I don't, I don't know if they would think. I don't know if you're listening to the podcast and you know me. Like, do you think I act like Bailey? Um, because I don't think so. Because sometimes I think she's a little bit too hardball. That's just me, but
0: sometimes but sometimes it's necessary. I think her personality fits yeah, the, fits so. the occasion sometimes you know when they when they push unnecessarily, she pushes back. I mean, I think, please people, everyone that knows Nicole personally that listens to our podcast, please let us know if you think that Nicole <laughs> is like Bailey, please. I mean, to me, I, I see it, and don't just compare them I because they're going disagree with you. I don't think so. I don't compare them because they're short and black and they're both doctors. I'm just saying their ability to get things done the way that need to be done, always on the right side of the disagreement. I'm just saying, rising to the top very quickly. Super, super smart. Just saying. Well, we shall see.
1: Do you know what show I am excited about? What's that? This is us. This is us is back.
0: With Sterling K. Brown.
1: And I haven't watched any episodes yet.
0: I love This Is Us.
1: I love it. I haven't watched any episodes this season um, because I've been busy. But every day I'm like, once I get a free minute, I'm going to stream This Is Us. I'm going to watch it. Do you watch
0: This Is Us? I fell off after And I'm embarrassed because I really, really love the show and I kind of like go and stop in on the show, but I'm like, I have to go back. But I fell off after the The first first season. season? Yeah. The first season.
1: You've missed so much. I'm glad I could reintroduce this to you. So go (laughs) ahead. Go ahead. Watch it on Hulu. Catch up. I'm telling you, it's good. It is really good. I will not uh, talk about or recap the other seasons because that would just be cruel and unusual, so I won't do that. But uh we we will have to catch up. Like people are talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewife of, of Potomac. I mean, those are great shows and yes, we watch those shows too. But I mean, this is us? Come come on. Much better show. Just saying.
0: I'm gonna watch it. I promise. I'm gonna watch it.
1: Okay, good. So Janine, what's on your timeline this week?
0: Okay, so um I feel like for whatever reason, and I know, I look at the numbers every week and there are people who listen to us, but I really feel like the people just really are not listening to us, Nicole, and they're not listening to the officials, they're not looking at the numbers or the stats, it's just, ugh. So, I don't even know what phase we're in or if we're even keeping up with phases anymore, Is is are the phases a thing? I think that all across my timeline is the pandemic and- I knew that the cases would spike. I got a flu shot for the first time because you told me to. I felt prepared for this. But at the same time, I did not expect it to take such a nosedive so quickly. Um, You know, in July, August, September, seemingly October, we obviously had a steady rise of cases, but it wasn't so um, seemingly fatal in those months. Now, it seems like we hit November and things just took a turn for the worse. Cases are through the roof. There's been a serious increase in people dying from the disease. So it's really, it's really frustrating. And it's, it's almost like the more we hear about it, the more we talk about it, the more we try to make people aware of it, the more people are just over it. So um, it's actually becoming frightening to the At this point, kind of like it was when we first discovered COVID and first realized what was going on. And we were scared because we had no idea. And now we have more information and we know how to seemingly prevent it. Just, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, all of those things. But for whatever reason, it's still scary to me. So this week, um, sadly, gospel legend Fred Hammond revealed that he was diagnosed with COVID and he revealed it on Instagram and in the post, he said that he's a mask wearer. He absolutely wears masks. However, let his guard down one time, like in one place. And that's where he's believed that he caught COVID in the same post. He said that a family member also contracted COVID and subsequently was hospitalized. Um, He did say that the family member is expected to recover, but he Basically, just admonish people, please, please wear masks and say, you know, and told people don't let your guard down because the basically saying the one time that you do let your guard down is the one time that you could be the person that contracts COVID. He said that, fortunately, his health was the best that it had been in decades. And he mentioned that if this had been last year, he probably wouldn't have survived. You know, obviously, while we hate to hear that anyone is ill, especially with COVID, we are grateful that, you know, he's in good health and that he actually has a fighting chance of uh, beating COVID and recovering fully. On a much more solemn note, R&B singer Jeremiah is reportedly fighting for his life in a Chicago hospital after being diagnosed with COVID. TMZ broke this story uh, yesterday morning saying that he was in the ICU and on a ventilator and his prognosis was grim. Several celebrities posted asking for prayers for Jeremiah, including 50 Cent, Chance the Rapper, Big Sean, even friend of the pod D.L. Hughley, Um, They all expressed their concern and requested prayers for Jeremiah. And while it seems to not look good, you know, we know that obviously God is in control and we pray for um, the best. Obviously, the pandemic is really ramping back up. Um, And, you know, with the holiday season coming up and people really wanting to get together with their family, it's really something that we need to think about and we need to make decisions about whether... This one holiday season is something that we can either forego or do virtually. Um, You know, people really need to make some tough decisions about what this Thanksgiving is going to look like. While we really want to be able to spend time with our families, we also want to make sure that we are being safe. So experts this week, you know, have said that they anticipate cases are going to be on the rise after Thanksgiving. And while I understand that people are no longer in cor- in their like, you know, quote unquote quarantine bubble and people are getting quarantine fatigue and they don't wanna really stay in the house anymore and they feel false sense of confidence, it's, you know, the CDC and the health officials have said, this is not the time to let your guard down. While you do want to spend time with your family members, It's really important that you're very safe and you take the proper precautions so that nothing happens to you or your family members. You know, the experts are using Canada as an example because they celebrated Thanksgiving on October the 12th and their cases took a sharp rise after Thanksgiving. They started seeing cases about 10 days out where um, people where they had previously had their cases under control, cases started to spike again. I also saw an interview with Dr. Fauci on MSNBC and he warned people, you know, basically to be careful on Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving will be a natural uptick of cases. And he said that he and his family will not be celebrating Thanksgiving in the traditional manner because um, he mentioned that his daughter even was like, yeah, no, this is not something that we should do. And, you know, a lot of families are um, weighing the risks, right? And, Dr. Fauci specifically did not tell people do not gather at Thanksgiving, but he did say, you know, people need to do what's best for their family. The CDC did update their stance about Thanksgiving, suggesting that people um, come up with alternative ways to celebrate Thanksgiving. They also suggested that people that if people do decide to gather, that they wear masks, they social distance, they um, are careful with their food prep. They wash their hands. They limit the number of guests that they have. They um, celebrate outside if that's possible. Um Basically, they've reiterated all of the things that they've been saying since the beginning of COVID. And in addition to that, they updated some very specific suggestions as it relates to Thanksgiving and even Black Friday shopping. So shout out to the CDC for staying on top of that. And while I hope that people listen, um, I personally have seen that, you know, People, like I said, are in COVID fatigue. They're in PPE fatigue. Um, but you, you know, and I see also that people are celebrating birthdays They're celebrating life events. Um, you know, like, you know, we're still having gender reveals. We're still doing all of the things that we were doing prior to COVID. And, you know, while I understand why people are getting to be like this, I, you know, I caution people because obviously we are seeing an uptick in cases, and obviously, um, you know, things are getting worse. Hopefully, people will be able to get a second wind and a little bit of patience, and hopefully people will hunker down and ride this out so that, you know, maybe you do miss this Thanksgiving and maybe you do miss this Christmas in person, but hopefully, missing this Thanksgiving and this Christmas in person will allow for you to enjoy many more Thanksgivings and many more Christmases in the future.
1: That is what I've been seeing on social media as well. Um, prayers to Fred Hammond and Jeremiah that you never want to see anybody, um, especially somebody that has comorbidities, get COVID, and then you never want to see somebody get COVID and be in the ICU. I mean, Jeremiah is what 33, he's young, um, and People think because they're young, they are protected from getting really, really sick from COVID-19. And that is not the case. Um, so I was watching the news and I'm thinking, how many cases do we actually have? Because Fauci was predicting one or two million cases total. Remember when we first started off? And now there is 11,159,000 cases. That's Ridiculous, and 245,000 deaths. 11 million. And the cases keep rising, over 11 million. If you talk about, you know, the number of cases that we're seeing, the number of deaths has 245,000 people that have died from COVID-19, uh, 245,000 plus. Where are the highest number of cases right now? In Texas. Texas accounts for 1.1 million cases and over 20,000 deaths. Just right here in Texas, and I, I thought it was uh astonishing because you would think New York would have the highest number of cases, but they're actually fourth on the list behind Florida and Illinois um, with only five hundred and well, not say only but five hundred and sixty one thousand cases, but they do have the highest number of deaths with thirty three thousand deaths um in new york but um I mean this is just ridiculous that Texas, even with the mandatory mask. Um, that really aren't being enforced, to be frank. Uh, we still have this number of uh, of cases and deaths. Um, I think that that's unfortunate. On Friday, we had a record number of cases, 184,000 new cases uh, in the U.S. Uh, Friday alone,
0: 140, 184,000. That's
1: crazy. Saturday made the 12th consecutive day of at least 100,000 cases.
0: I don't even know what it would take to get people to understand the severity of what is happening. I don't know. And I think that, you know, there's a disconnect. And I think that more work needs to be done on how to really, truly get the message across rather than continuing the message delivery as it has been. Because I mean, honestly, while it's landing on us and we are understanding the importance of COVID Clearly, there's a large group of people that don't understand the importance of protecting yourself against COVID and the importance of social distancing and the importance of wearing a mask. And I don't know what that disconnect is or how we bridge that gap, but I know that it's important that we do so so that we can save lives. I think that people need to understand that whatever it is, whether it's Thanksgiving or the holidays, it will come again next year. And the hope is that you do everything in your power so that you will see it coming in next year. And I think that the first step in doing that is staying in this year. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not a medical or health professional or in public health, but I really think that, you know, guys, let's, let's look long-term here rather than at our, you know, our short-term wants and desires. We can, we can miss a Thanksgiving,
1: yeah, um, and I get that, and you're not a medical professional, but I am, and I have a public health degree, and I tell people they need to um, take extreme precautions if they're not going to stay at home, um, because this thing is real. Now, some states, they have no choice but to stay at home, right? Like some governors have actually over the weekend said, you know what, we're going to shut everything down for three weeks, which basically doesn't give people a chance To have super large gatherings. And I agree. I think one of the smartest things, uh, New Mexico's government, governor has done was say, yep, we're going to shut everything down again. If you're non-essential, you should be working from home. You have to limit your household gatherings to six people, um, from two separate households and you can only have takeout and delivery. No gym, no gyms are open. Uh, you stand at home. So, States like New Mexico have started doing this, and um, I think that more states need to follow lead, but honestly, on a national level, we need to do something. Like, it shouldn't be states creating their own will, like, oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this over here that's completely different. I think it'll be great once we get some national leadership that actually believes that people can actually get sick to actually put some national mandates in place and say, hey, everyone has to wear a mask hey, everybody has to get tested if you're having symptoms. And hey, if you are traveling to states that have high numbers, then you need to quarantine when you get back. So I think that it's going to take some national oversight to actually get the numbers to drop, which means that we're all bracing ourselves for the numbers. Unfortunately, we can't control how many ICU beds we have. That's the rate-limiting step. When you get so many cases that you have to try to figure out who's going to be admitted and who's not and who can struggle in a regular bed and who can't. And if the cases continue to rise, black and brown people will suffer. People have unconscious bias. And when you have to put doctors in a position of, hey, who is going to be more likely to survive so they get the ICU bed or who can suffer a little bit more in the hospital bed before they get the ICU bed, that just leaves people to... um, be discriminated against and i think that black and brown people will suffer because of the rising cases unfortunately
0: i can't even imagine what it's like to be a healthcare professional at this point because you all took an oath but it i'm sure and i don't i don't know but you can tell me did is this what you anticipated like did you anticipate that you would ever be in a position where you would have to be the one that ultimately makes the decision as to whether someone is going to get an ICU bed or a ventilator or not.
1: No, we are in America. We should not have to make those decisions, but because people are renegade out there and not wanting to wear a mask or going to a uh, grandma's house and getting her sick. And then she goes back to the nursing home and gets the whole nursing home sick. I mean, people are being selfish. And I think that the American way is to work hard, get what you want. But honestly, the American way also allows people to be a little bit selfish. And right now is not the time to be selfish. There's way too many cases out there. There are too many people walking around asymptomatic. If you want to hang out, hang out consistently around the people that you usually hang out with. And that's it. Stop going to people's houses that you don't know Stop going to visit people out of state that you you have not talked to and you don't know who they've been exposed to. Stop doing it. And um, if they don't, if we go and have these large family gatherings during Thanksgiving and we don't take proper precautions, we are going to suffer. Let's talk through these scenarios and uh, let's give the people our thoughts. So this person says... Hey, Nicole and Janine. This time of year has been hectic. Several of my family members have either lost their homes or have to do repairs due to the hurricane. So several of my family members have asked me to host Thanksgiving dinner this year. I am petrified that either my husband or myself will get COVID-19 and we've been very cautious. Two of my family members have already had COVID-19. What can I do to reduce our risk Some of my family members won't have anywhere to go this Thanksgiving because they don't have homes. So I don't want to be rude and not welcome them. What should I do?
0: I don't even know how to respond to this because, you know, obviously I always have the heart of accepting people that don't have anywhere to go normally. Um, you know, normally I would be the person with, you know, if you don't have any place to go, you can just come here. Um and and i got it naturally from you know that's how my grandmother was that's how my mom is like you know we don't want anyone to not feel welcomed and not have a you know a a loving family atmosphere during the holidays um but this year that's that's different right and we have to be very mindful of what the risks are we're about 2 weeks out from thanksgiving or a week at least i would really suggest maybe you know inviting them to Thanksgiving and having them quarantine as long as they can prior to coming to Thanksgiving. And then if you host Thanksgiving, I'm assuming um, because of the letter saying that there's damage because of the hurricane that you live in a area of the country, that's a little bit warmer during Thanksgiving. So um, along with the guidelines of the CDC, I would suggest maybe having Thanksgiving outdoors. So, You limit your, you know, your risk of exposure, maybe setting up Thanksgiving in a manner where you can socially distance, maybe wear a mask, Um, make sure that, you know, Thanksgiving might not be potluck style this year. Thanksgiving might have to be, you know, catered with someone that has a a food, a safe food handling license. Um, Maybe you do cook Thanksgiving so that, you know how it's prepared and you know that you're washing your hands and you know that you're changing the utensils and you know that you're taking all of the proper precautions. I don't really know what Thanksgiving will look like this year, but I would, you know, I would say that it's important because this year has been very, very hard for so many people, especially people who have lost their homes um, and dealt with other compounded tragedies on top of COVID. Um, So I would say it's important to, you know, somehow gather and be thankful for your family, right? If it's, you know, maybe gathering virtually, I don't know. I would never say leave someone without a place to go, right? But I would say make sure that you take the proper precautions because you don't want them to get sick either. But uh, in in this scenario, I think that I probably would ha- allow my family to come over.
1: Ooh, Janine is so nice. She is nice. And you know, usually I'm nice and I love the holiday season. And so for you listening, my birthday is Christmas Day. So me and Jesus are real tight. And this holiday season is like, I already have Christmas lights outside. I, I put them up. Well, somebody else put them up <laughs> yesterday. My mom has already started decorating the inside of the house. I started putting up the trees. So I am all about the holiday season. Yes, it is before Thanksgiving. I understand that there's a holiday between now and Christmas. I understand that. But um, so I say all that because I am very much so a festive person and I'm all about family gatherings. But in this situation, if you are concerned about your safety, you don't have to host Thanksgiving. You don't have to host it you can say no. And I know that um, this friend of the podcast said they don't have anywhere else to go. Well, where are they now? Where are they now? They can stay where they are. Just because they don't have anywhere to go, meaning they don't have a family gathering place for the 50 to 100 of you to go at the same time, doesn't mean they don't have anywhere to go. They can stay where they are Even if they're staying with family, that's going to travel, they can still stay in that home that of that family member that's allowing them to stay, and have their own little Thanksgiving dinner there. Or you guys can host a virtual Thanksgiving dinner and have nobody go to anyone else's home, and everybody have their own little takeout meal over the the Zoom. If you're like, I don't really know what to say, or these are my in-laws and I don't know what to do, then I would say, hey, put some mandates in place. Now, this is where you're going to have to put your big girl draws on and really crack down because this is about your safety and your health. This is not about being nice or being rude. So the mandate is you have to quarantine for two weeks, Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You quarantine it for two weeks, meaning go rack up, get your groceries, come home. Don't go to the grocery store for two weeks. Don't do anything for two weeks before you come to my house. Share this with your family. Share this episode with every single one of your family members because this will say what you want to say, but you just can't say it because I can tell friend of the podcast, you are too nice. You're Johnine in it right now, meaning you're the nice person right now, okay? So share this with your family. So you don't have to host Thanksgiving. If you host it, put some strict guidelines in in place. And when they call and ask for exceptions, say, did you read the guidelines? And say just like that, did you read the guidelines? You have to quarantine from the time they hear this podcast until Thanksgiving. That means go get your groceries, stay home. You've gotten everything you want to cook. And that also means that you're not working, you're working from home. Now, if you don't work from home in your family, then those are the people that, they need to wear a mask at all times, they need to practice social distancing, and they need to get tested the week before Thanksgiving. And I say the week before Thanksgiving, because one, if they get a real test, it's gonna take four days before they get their test results back. And if they get a rapid test, some of those have a high false negative rate. So then you're gonna wait the week to see if they developed any symptoms. And then you need to do the same because you don't wanna give your family members COVID either. So you need to also practice social distancing. Do not you know, inadvertently forget to wear your mask somewhere. And that's the one time you get exposed and the one time you get COVID. Like you need to be really diligent and wear your mask at all times and avoid going anywhere in public. If you can't do all of those guidelines we just talked about, Then you need to host everything virtually, meaning, Hey girl, what you cooking? Oh, this is what I'm cooking. And hey, let's have a plate decorating competition. And this is what's on my plate. And this looks prettier than your plate. So do something like that. Do some virtual games, but don't have those people at their, at your house. If you can't, they can't follow your mandatory house guidelines. And I would also say, that if you have people traveling from out of state, so I don't know a friend of the podcast where they're coming from, but if you if they're traveling from out of state, they probably shouldn't stay at your house. It's really hard to practice social distancing when people are bunking out on the living room sofa. Like everybody's germs are, are shared. You can't wear a mask while you're sleeping. So they should probably stay in a hotel. And if they can't afford a hotel room, then they, they just can't come.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I would always say try to help your family but not at the expense of your own health. Um, And I think that they'll understand they have to, right? Like, I think that your family loves you, and while it may be a difficult decision at the time, they have to respect the fact that you're not only looking out for your own personal health, but theirs as well, because you never know know what could happen. Okay, so I have another letter. So this letter starts out with, Hi ladies, I'm extremely frustrated, so please forgive me if it comes out in my tone. My husband and I have been quarantined since early March. Thankfully, we both have jobs where we can work from home and we order our groceries online and we almost obsessively clean our home. Aside from a few socially distant outdoor events in the summer and hospital and doctor visits, we really have not been out of the house at all. With that being said, We made the decision not to celebrate Thanksgiving with our extended family this year. We made the decision not to do so, not only for the safety of our family, but also for our safety as well. I was recently hospitalized because of a ruptured cyst and I have been given strict instructions to rest and not be super active. When we informed my in-laws that we wouldn't be hosting Thanksgiving this year as we normally do, we cited both covid and my health issues. Rather than accepting our decision, my mother-in-law suggested that she host Thanksgiving dinner this year since, quote, I wasn't feeling up to it. Not only can I not withstand an eight-hour car ride to get to my in-laws, but at this point, I feel like my mother-in-law is so traditional that she's overlooking the potential risks of COVID. My husband and I again agreed to decline the invitation and reiterated that it's for everyone's safety. She accepted the answer while we were FaceTiming her. A few hours later, she was making passive aggressive posts on Facebook about the importance of spending time with your family because quote unquote, life is short. She has also since called numerous times trying to guilt trip us into changing our mind. At this point, things are becoming uncomfortable. And while I have a great relationship with my mother-in-law, I can see this leading to a decline in the relationship. So I guess my question is, how can I express to my mother-in-law that we will not be attending Thanksgiving this year so that she can understand and shut up about it already? And how can I ensure that this situation doesn't interfere with with what I have planned as a romantic Thanksgiving with my husband and I.
1: It seems like she's already made the decision. Like, I feel like you already know what you're supposed to do. Your doctor has already told you, you have some restrictions and you're already concerned about COVID. You guys have been doing great since March and you and your husband both agree. As long as you and your husband are on the same page, don't nobody else matter. So you and your husband have agreed you're not going. So what you should do is whenever your mother-in-law brings it up again, you should say, oh yeah, we would love to go, but like we said before, we're not, period. Because realistically, you've already given an explanation. You don't need to give any further explanation. You said what you said, do not change your mind, stick to your guns, and then you have a romantic, uh, rendezvous with your husband, have a romantic entanglement with your own husband for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend, okay? So as long as your husband is not giving you any trouble about seeing your in-laws, then it's fine. And the good thing about this situation is they're eight hours away. It's not like they're in the same city and you're gonna be tempted to go over there the day day of Thanksgiving or that your husband's going to be like, oh, we can, we can change our minds at the last minute. No, eight hours you really have to plan for. So if you and your husband have already made the decision, just stick to your guns. And if she posts something on social media about the importance of family gathering, don't take it personal. I have learned not to take anything personal. Like if I've told somebody something and they post something later on, I'm like, oh, they're not talking to me because I already talked to them about this. So I would tell you to take on the attitude of just don't take anything personal. If she's posting something, maybe she's just reminiscing on the importance of family. Even if it is a shot at you, I would literally ignore it and be like, well, unless she says something directly to me, then she's not talking to me. Yeah, you're not talking to me because I've already explained my situation. So moving on, I would not acknowledge that.
0: (laughs) I think that's fair. And I think that, I I will give you this, um, listener of the podcast. Your mother-in-law is being extremely selfish and we, you in the letter blamed it on her, um, traditionalism and we will do the same. You know, one of the things that, you know, we are, we that were 80s and beyond babies are fortunate to have had is that. We know transition and we adapt very well, right? Because things moved fast. We, you know, were born in analog and grew up in digital and we know how to transition and pivot very quickly. Um, But for other generations, it's not as easy. So you have to be okay with the fact that she could be mourning, you know, the loss of tradition and she, you know, it's unfamiliar for your mother-in-law too. So I would say just be a little bit sympathetic with your mother-in-law but continue to do what's best for you and your immediate family, which is you and your husband, right? And then I would say, you know, you asked how can you get your mother-in-law to understand. I say, you know, try to get her to understand for your own personal peace of mind. But at the same time, if she doesn't understand, you know, that's okay too. And you have to be okay with the fact that she may not understand. And she may be a little bit offended, but let me tell you something. Not getting COVID and her being able to live to be offended is gift in and of itself, right? And so we can be thankful for all of the, our family members and in-laws and all of that from a distance just to be safe. So I don't think that you you should feel guilty by any stretch of the imagination, not wanting to go to your mother-in-laws or not having your Thanksgiving appear the same way that it has appeared in the past. You shouldn't feel guilty, but you seem to be set on helping your mother-in-law understand if she understands, great. If she doesn't, you tried, right? And like Nicole said, the important part is you and your husband. And it seems like you have some steamy Thanksgiving plans set up. So focus on that, right? Like focus on those plans and don't focus so much on the negativity of your mother-in-law, right? Also, um, something that I was thinking about as you were talking, Nicole, She, your mother-in-law seems to be a little bit passive-aggressive with the you know Facebook posts and so on and so forth and her not expressing that same sentiment when she was face to face with you on FaceTime. So I would just, you know, caution you to be prepared for some additional pettiness as I, as I'd like to call it, you know, on Thanksgiving, because, you know, pettiness is something that comes out at family gatherings anyway, and around this time anyway, where people feel like they can slide in what their personal opinions about you are. And that's just natural when family gets together, right? Whether it be in person or virtually or chatting on the phone whatever it may be, it happens. Right. So be prepared that, you know, unless she's gotten over this little fit that she's having, she's probably going to display some additional pettiness. Right. And she's probably going to come across a little bit passive aggressive again. Right. So if she makes some offhanded comment, just let it slide off your back. Don't worry about it because you're going to be having a romantic rendezvous Thanksgiving with your husband. So focus on that. Don't internalize this mess. Right. Um, you cannot, this is, this is one time and this is, you know, something that hopefully will be a blip in history when you look back on it 10, 15, 20 years from now. So don't focus on this and don't allow it to um, interfere with the relationship that you have with your mother-in-law or the the relationship that you have with your husband. So, you know, nip it in the bud, have the conversation, be honest with how you feel and continue on, you know, loving your mother-in-law the way that you loved her before. Um, this is hard for everybody, right? Every This looks different for everyone. This is all new territory for everyone. So one, have a little tenderness and a little kindness um, because people don't really know how to handle this situation. And what we want to do is make sure that everyone feels as comfortable as possible given the constraints that COVID has placed on us. But love on your mother-in-law let some of the pettiness slide, even though, you know, she might be being petty. Just let it slide. Let it roll off your back and enjoy this Thanksgiving with you and your husband and heal, rest up like your doctor told you so that you can actually heal and recover. So that next Thanksgiving, y'all can rock out and create Thanksgiving memories together.
1: A couple of things you said, Johnny, that came to my mind while you were talking. One, you know, our friend of the podcast is trying to convince her mother-in-law, doesn't know how to tell her mother-in-law that. They're not going. You know when she's going to learn that they're not going? When they don't go on Thanksgiving Day, that she will learn that day that they're not going. So uh, just let her wait for it. And then two, if you're trying to do a kind gesture to your in-laws, you can always order like a cake or a pie and have it delivered to the home and, with a little message so that you're not, you know, the evil, you know, daughter-in-law that, Took her son away from Thanksgiving dinner. We I mean, send a pie or a a cake. I mean, order one and have it delivered. There are a lot of companies that do even um, national delivery services, or you can find her favorite bakery there and order from from there and have it delivered, or have another family member pick it up and bring it to her. So uh, it doesn't mean that you you can't be there. Um, You can be there from afar and call on Thanksgiving FaceTime so that you can see your family and so that they can see you. On another note, about this rendezvous that we're having Thanksgiving, I'm telling you, that's what I will be focused on. And obviously this brand of the podcast doesn't have any children, which is fantastic. Girl, I will be getting my orange negligee ready. I would have pumpkin set up. We're doing Thanksgiving dinner in bed. Honey, I'm doing champagne toast with my little, you know, leaf crystal glasses. Yes. Focus on that. Focus on that rendezvous with your husband and making sure that your Thanksgiving together is the best Thanksgiving ever. And then next year, he'd be like, wait a minute. We got to go to the family for Thanksgiving. Why we got to do that? Why can't we have our Thanksgiving rendezvous that we usually have, baby? Hey, focus on that, friend of the podcast.
0: I'm telling you, I think that that's a great okay. idea. I'm all about, um, you know, 2020 has been different. And I'm th- and I think that this is the opportunity for people to create new traditions. Right. I mean, I'm not saying a tradition of like virtual family gatherings because no one really enjoys those. That's what we're just doing to hold ourselves over until we can actually socialize in p- person again. But I think that, you know, I'm all about creating new traditions, right? Like, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to having a Thanksgiving, you know, rendezvous either. I think that it's something to be said that, you know, you make lemonade out of lemons and I'm just saying add some sugar, shake it all up and it's going to be a tasty little drink, right? Oh, and to your point, appease your mother-in-law, send her something. I would suggest, and this is my suggestion and these people are not paying us, so this is just my suggestion. Neiman Marcus has a variety of holiday food, sides, desserts. It sounds crazy that you would order food from Neiman Marcus, but let me tell you, thank me later. Send something from Neiman Marcus to your in-laws. Your mother-in-law will never mention this again if you send something from Neiman Marcus to your in-laws for this Thanksgiving. I promise you she won't. She won't remember it because she will be so grateful and even Marcus also has a really awesome like family breakfast spread. So maybe you send it to her for breakfast for Thanksgiving morning for, you know, the rest of the family that might be coming over to her house. So,
1: Janine, what did you learn new this week?
0: A couple of things, actually. So the first thing that I learned was during research for this episode, I saw that the Texas Medical Association now... um has a know your risk chart. It helps you visualize the risk of the activities that you would normally participate in. So it literally ranks activities from risk level one to risk level nine. Right. Um, And it'll tell you things like what's the risk of going to church. So a risk of going to church is nine. Um, A risk of a riot or a, a protest nine, right? Or a risk of opening a mail is one. I think it's super helpful, especially when you're making decisions like, should I go to my family's for Thanksgiving? I will actually repost this chart on our social media um, so that people can see it. And hopefully it will help them make a better decision as to what they will do this holiday season. Also, I've noticed, and I've read an article about this as well, it says that because of the surging cases this holiday season and the ramp up of holiday shopping, a lot of stores, specifically grocery stores, have um, gone back to putting crowd control measures in place. What did you learn new this week, Nicole?
1: I was looking at states with the strictest mandates and um, a couple of things that popped up Mississippi was the first state to lift the mandatory mask mandate, and that was done so on October 1st through uh, November 11th. And now um, they are extending their state recovery act um, through December 11th, and meaning the state still doesn't have a mandate to wear a mask, but there are now 15 counties that do have mandatory mask mandates in place. So, baby step, but they should probably make the whole state wear masks. I, I don't know really what's wrong because two weeks after this mandate, they saw a rise in cases to almost a thousand cases a day. Like, do you guys not get it? Like, what are, what are you doing there? So I thought that that was surprising that in October, they just said, oh, we're just going to lift this this mandatory state mandate. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that If you are traveling to Alaska, they don't play. All non-Alaska residents must upload proof of a negative or pending virus test taken within 72 hours before departure to an online travel portal um, where they can then monitor you and you're gonna submit your travel uh, declaration and your plan for self-isolation for 14 days. Then you have to get tested when you're in Alaska after 14 days. So they make sure that you quarantine there for 14 days before you get back on the plane. Alaska's not playing.
0: I'm not mad at it though. I think that it makes sense because the last thing that you want to do is be stuck in a place where you don't have access to um beds or medical treatment and you have to fly on a small private plane or just a small plane where you can't quarantine to get access to healthcare. So I think it's a smart decision that Alaska's made to make people be extra cautious. And I think that some other states should do that as well. Motivational moment? Let's
1: do it. Tough times never last, tough people do. So this year you'll have to make some tough decisions. You have to decide how best to keep your family safe. Don't be timid in that decision. Voice your concerns because the decisions you make today could potentially decide who you will celebrate with and what you will celebrate with next year. Until we meet again,
0: pray, work,
1: slay. And show off your melanated excellence.
0: Bye.
1: Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson, executive producer Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion
0: Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks...